Welcome to Steamy Stories. This daily podcast features the best developing authors of love stories, along with exotic journals of passionate and explicit human interaction. Our curators have selected stories each day, bringing a diverse collection of storylines. Some are historic, some are futuristic, but they all relate to the human quest of physical and emotional desires for sexual expression. We delve into the youthful discovery of sexuality. We chronicle the vast expressions of healthy affection and sex drive. We feature the creative ways that real people overcome life's adversities and limitations and still find sexual fulfillment. And we celebrate the successes of people who restore losses in their love life and go on living in a pleasurable and generous way. Balanced sexuality is essential to healthcare for body, soul, and spirit. Subscribe to Steamy Stories podcast in your mobile apps and browsers. And now, today's story. Lost in Eros, Book 2, The Forest Part 7 By Bradenton Larry Chapter 10 Seducing the Wizard's Wife, Four Days of Wizardry Day 1 Tusha's Day with the Satyrs When Don awoke, he found himself lying on his back upon a large four-poster bed. There was sunlight pouring in from somewhere, and he had a woman on his left with her head on his chest and another curled up on his right. Trying not to disturb the sleeping women, he opened his eyes a bit further and raised his head to have a look around. The woman with her head on his chest was Shalonda, and the one on his right was Amy, who was spooning Nicole. They were all still clothed, and in what seemed to be a large bedroom. Don couldn't help, but remember waking up in the manor next to Tusha. What seemed like a very long time ago. That time the room had been dark and mysterious, and rather spartan. This time, though, the room was brightly lit as two large windows let in a great deal of light. Although there was definitely the rather serious and looming question of how in the world they had been brought here, there was nothing even vaguely sinister about this room. Adding to the benign aspect of the room was, no doubt, the profusion of cut flowers that covered every available horizontal surface. As Don lowered his head again, Shalonda shifted and then raised her head to look around. When she saw that Don was also awake, she gave him a confused smile. He smiled back as reassuringly as he could and caressed her back. He wasn't terribly surprised to feel her hand moving up along the inside of his thigh. If danger isn't threatening it must be time for sex seemed to be the default rule among Eros dwellers. Don tried to think of a good reason to deny himself and Shalonda. He knew they were someplace strange, the guests of some new set of kidnappers, and that they had very likely completely lost track of Tusha, but all of those things had been true for hours since they had apparently slept through the night, and if anyone meant them any harm, they surely would have carried through on that desire while they had been unconscious, rather than putting them on a comfortable bed. So, when the beautiful woman pushed his kilt up and began to stroke his cock, Don didn't resist and instead pulled her up so he could kiss her warmly. After all the stress of the last couple of days, with the plants, the watchers, the human attackers, and the chase after Tusha not to mention seeing her cavorting with actual satyrs satyrs. It felt very good indeed to lay back and feel Shalonda's mouth on his, her tongue pushing past his lips, and her warm hand on his quickly thickening cock. Moving slowly, so as to not wake Amy and Nicole, Don moved his right arm up so he could get his hand on Shalonda's full breast, squeezing it gently through her tank top. This prompted her to squeeze and pull on his cock more strenuously. Don decided that two could play at that game, 
and, rolling onto his side a little, moved his right hand from her tit down to her strong left thigh. Slipping up under her skirt, Don's hand slid along her smooth brown skin and around to squeeze her firm as tightly. Shalonda moaned her approval very quietly. Don kissed her more deeply in a vague attempt to get her to be quieter. Don worked his hand around in front of Shalonda. She parted her legs for him, raising her left one and wrapping it around Don's legs. This left Don free to run his fingers over her very moist lips. He teased her a bit before parting those lips with his fingertips and spreading her juices over her inner lips and clit. Soon his fingers were inside her, slipping in and out of Shalonda's pussy, as Don's thumb pressed against and rubbed her clit. Shalonda liked this quite a bit, and showed her approval by rolling back on the bed, pulling Don with her. They continued kissing, as he moved naturally into position over her. Her legs spread and her hand pulling him forward, Don slipped into Shalonda's welcoming pussy. As he sank deep into her hot, wet sex, she reached down to clasp his butt in both of her hands, squeezing and pulling him into her. Their bodies were pressed tightly together, as they fucked and kissed, moving slowly against each other on the bed. It was a passionate, loving and intense encounter there in the strange bedroom. Don had become extremely fond of the beautiful young woman, and he knew she felt the same way. The connection between the two of them was stronger and deeper than the casual sex relationship either, or both of them shared with the other two women. Amy was a great sexual athlete, Nicole was a playful little minx, but Shalonda had a seriousness about her that made sex with her more than just sex. If it wasn't a romantic coupling, and it hardly seemed quite like that, it was a bit more than friends with benefits. Don resisted the urge to fuck Shalonda more vigorously, partly because he didn't want to disturb the others, and partly because the way they were screwing was building up its own intensity. Shalonda pulled him into her tightly with her legs and arms, kissing him intently. Then she threw her head back, gasping through clenched teeth. She let go of his as to clench the sheets at her side, and then was burying her face into his shoulder. Don pushed himself deep into her clasping, clutching pussy riding out her quiet, intense orgasm by holding her in his arms. When Shalonda slowly relaxed and lay back on the bed, he smiled down at her happily. She actually blushed and turned her face away. Well, that looked like a good one, Amy said. Don looked over to see that the curvy blonde had rolled over onto her back to watch him and Shalonda. Nicole was also watching, but was resting her head on Amy's soft breast. Nicole's hand had already found its way down between Amy's thighs and was busy making mischief there. Got enough to share with the rest of the class, Professor. Nicole asked with a smirk. I just might, Don grinned over at the two women. Then he leaned down to kiss Shalonda again. By the time he had withdrawn from Shalonda's exquisite embrace, Nicole had gotten down between Amy's legs and was giving some serious head, and Amy had pulled her tank top up over her head and thrown it aside. Don moved around behind Nicole and coaxed her up enough that he could get his cock down and into her waiting cunt. He admired Nicole's narrow waist and tight, brown ass as he began to fuck in and out of her. Shalonda moved over to be close to the action, and soon reached around so she could get her fingers on Nicole's clit. Nicole was only barely able to make Amy come, gasping and twisting on the bed, before she was coming herself. Don still hadn't come, and he was acutely aware of that fact. He pulled out of Nicole and urged her over toward Shalonda. Moving up between Amy's legs, 
He smiled down at her happy face and said, where do you want it? Come on my tits, professor, she said immediately. Don nodded, but took a moment to push his cock deep into Amy's juicy twat. After fucking Shalonda and Nicole, he only needed a couple of thrusts into her tight pussy before he was ready to blow. He pulled out of her and quickly straddled her abdomen. He had planned to jerk himself off, but Amy's hands beat him to it. She took him in a tight, enthusiastic grip, and pumped his thick organ several times until a huge spout of white cum burst out of him and splattered over her chest, neck and chin. Several days of abstinence, coupled with the XYZ in his system and the sex leading up to this moment made Don's orgasm both extremely intense and voluminous. A second stream of just splashed over Amy's tits and then a flood of it spilled over her hands onto her belly. Don felt like he was coming for minutes. As he finally took a deep breath and opened his eyes, Shalonda and Nicole clapped and laughed. He managed to get off Amy while the other two girls closed in on her and began to play with and lick up. The cum he had left there. As soon as his head stopped reeling from the intense orgasm, Don decided it was time to have a better look around. Sitting on the edge of the bed, he noticed that there were not only two big windows, but also three sets of doors, all double and all closed. The room had a thick carpet. Don reached down and took off his sandals, and enjoyed the feeling of the carpet on his bare feet. There was a couch against the wall opposite the bed, as well as a large framed mirror. There was a low table in front of the couch, and a pair of overstuffed chairs at either end of the table. One of the chairs had their satchels piled on it. Don and Shalonda's staffs were standing in a corner. All of the furniture was in an overly ornate style that Don thought of as Rococo, though he wasn't confident that that was the right term. Perhaps it was Baroque, or Regency, he could never tell. Don got off the bed and moved over to one of the windows. They were apparently on the second or third floor and overlooked a vast well-tended and colorful flower garden. There was no one to be seen among the flowers or paths of the garden. He moved over to one of the sets of doors and was surprised when they swung open of their own accord. Don stepped onto the tiled floor of a large and ornate bathroom, illuminated by an impressive skylight over a huge tub. Strewn about this room were more flowers and a liberal supply of towels and toiletries. As Don moved closer to the tub, water began to pour out of the four faucets set around it. The sound of the steaming, fragrant water quickly filling the bathtub drew the attention of the girls, who quickly crowded into the bathroom with Don. Clothes were quickly stripped off and thrown aside. Although they had only been out of the manor for a few days, and had hardly been living a hard life outdoors, the opportunity to bathe properly was most welcome. They took quite a while, scrubbing each other clean, which naturally enough led to more splashing about than was strictly necessary, as well as more fondling and play. Don was the first to get out of the tub, and so was the first to notice that their clothing had somehow been removed. He dried himself with a heavy, soft towel and then padded out into the bedroom naked. His sandals and Amy's top had also been removed. He moved toward one of the other sets of doors. When they failed to open for him, Don tried the handles, but they wouldn't budge. Frowning, he turned to the last set of doors, which did swing open as he approached. This time he found a large walk-in closet, full of clothing. On the right, taking up about a quarter of the available space, was an assortment of strangely old-fashioned men's clothing. 
On the floor was a good selection of footwear. Don chose a pair of light cotton slacks and a button shirt, and tried them on. He was not at all surprised that the clothes fit him perfectly. As he came out of the closet, the girls were just coming out of the bathroom. Seeing his attire and catching on that there were new, fresh clothes to be had, they swarmed around him and into the closet. They were each able to find at least a quarter of the closet that had clothing perfectly fitted to them, and spent some time selecting outfits. Don was amused to watch them trying various combinations. Ultimately they came out to model their selections, and he smiled to see their individual styles come through. Shalonda was wearing a light vest and a pair of loose silk pajama bottoms that were bloused at the ankles. Amy had on a low-cut top and stockings and a garter belt, and a short pleated skirt that flared out from her waist. Nicole had on a form-fitting sheath dress, with slits running up the lengths of her legs. While Don was complimenting them on their outfits, the third set of doors swung open, revealing a long marble hallway. Cautiously, the four of them moved out into the corridor. There was nowhere else to go, so they proceeded along, until a large pair of doors opened before them. On the other side of this portal, they found a vast dining room, lit by a dazzling number of candles. There were a dozen chairs around the large, long table in the center of the room. There were also bowls full of fruit and gleaming glasses of water. On each of the three walls without doors there were large mirrors. Don eyed those reflective surfaces suspiciously, his mind on the likelihood that they were being observed through those mirrors. Like the trusting souls they were, Amy and Shalonda had made themselves comfortable at the table, drinking and eating freely. Don and Nicole shared a glance, but then joined the others in dining. Only when they had each eaten a small amount of fruit and drank a whole glass of water in short, when they had their fill did someone broach the subject that was on everyone's mind. Amy said, well, where are we anyway? I have no idea, Don admitted. You are in my home, said a deep voice. They turned sharply to see a tall man standing in the doorway. He had white hair and a beard, a prominent brow adorned by bristling eyebrows, a pronounced hawkish nose, and bright eyes glittering at them in the candlelight. He wore a deep blue robe, like one would expect to see worn by a magician in a fantasy movie. He was over six feet tall, and stood erect and easily. Though his deeply lined face indicated great age, he carried himself as if he were quite healthy. And you are? Don asked. I am called the Wizard of the Wood, declared the man in that voice that reminded Don of a not quite ancient John Carradine. Well, I am Don, and this is Amy, Nicole and Shalonda. We're grateful for your hospitality. May we ask why you brought us here? Of course you may, the wizard intoned. I brought you here so that you might assist me with a particular task. Um, well, we were trying to find a friend of ours. The one who was, and has been copulating so vigorously with those three satyrs, I suspect. Yes, Don nodded, that would be her. She is in no danger. The satyrs mean her no harm. I believe they are enjoying her company far more than they expected to. She is quite spirited, and has a great deal of stamina. Well, you seem to be quite well informed and have resources at your disposal. You mean magic, the wizard said. I have magical resources. Um, sure, Don said. If you could bring our friend here like you did us, we'd be happy to help you with your task. There are three problems with that proposal. The wizard gestured and a chair slid out from the table. As he took his seat, he said, One, 
I have no reason to trust you. This is of small consequence, though, because you would still have your freedom to gain. 2. I believe the desire to be reunited with your friend will be a better motivator in any case. 3. As a matter of fact, I cannot at this time bring your friend here. Why not? Nicole asked. My power is largely focused upon this location. Within the bounds of this house and the grounds I have great power, but to exercise that power to bring people here is difficult. I do however have the means to convey you to your friend, which means I will make available to you following the completion of your task. I assure you, the task is within your power, and I will compensate you well for your efforts. You will not regret helping me. Don frowned, and what if something should happen to our friend while we're here? I am monitoring your friend's situation, and will find a way to intervene if she should actually be endangered. I am afraid I can only offer you my assurances as to this and my other promises. I hasten to point out that you do not seem to have any other viable options. We could try to escape, Don pointed out. Feel free, the wizard shrugged. You will only waste time and energy uselessly. Can you give us some evidence that you can actually know how and where Tusha is? Your friend. Yes, I think so, the wizard nodded toward the large mirror to his right. Looking at that mirror, they could suddenly see Tusha. She was lying back against a satyr, while another satyr was in front of her. Her legs were around the front satyr's haunches, and her hands were on his shoulders. It seemed clear that both of the satyrs were fucking her, and, moreover, that Tusha was enjoying herself quite a bit at the moment. All right, Don said after taking a moment to take in the expression on Tusha's face, as the satyrs had their way with her, or she had her way with them. What do you want us to do? I want you to seduce my wife. Don looked at the Wizard of the Wood to see if he was joking. He looked to the girls and saw that they were as confused as he was. Well, Don said, first, you're the first person I've met in Eros who's even in a monogamous relationship, let alone married. Yes, the wizard nodded, we have always had an unconventional relationship. Okay, Don shrugged. Why do you want us to seduce your wife? Well, it is not so much all of you, as you yourself, Don, though the others may of course help. All right, why do you want me to seduce your wife? The wizard stood up and began to pace alongside the table as he spoke. We live alone here. The house and my power see to it that we want for nothing. I love my wife very much. She is a wonderful woman and a good companion. However, I am aware of what goes on out there in the world. I see the fun people have in the woods. I can watch the witches of the glen working their orgiastic magic. I know what goes on in that manner. I want to enjoy some of that fun, Don. I want to convince my wife to have an open marriage. Well, I certainly wasn't expecting that, Don admitted. He noticed that Nicole was having a very hard time keeping a straight face, while Amy and Shalonda simply seemed confused. Have you talked to her about this? asked Don. The wizard shook his head, saying, oh, she would never agree to it. She is far too jealous and possessive. She would think I do not love her anymore, and that I just want to couple with other women. But, you do want to couple with other women, Nicole pointed out. By all the gods, yes, the wizard shouted. I want to so very badly. But it is only sex. Do you know how long we have been married? No, of course. A very long time, believe me. I love her madly, of course, 
but I need some variety now and then. I honestly believe it would do each of us, and both of us, as a couple a great deal of good to enjoy other people. Having sex with just the same person for many years is simply not healthy. Well, I can't argue with that, Don smiled. So, what are you thinking? If you seduce her, make her want to sleep with you, it will give me the opportunity to broach the subject. That's extremely indirect, Don mused. What if she doesn't want to sleep with Don, or just wants to sneak around on you? Nicole asked. My wife would never do such a thing, the wizard insisted. Perhaps, Don said, but, as much as I hate to ask this, what about that other option? What if I can't seduce her? If you give a good faith effort to seduce her, but she does not succumb, I will grant you your freedom and help you find your friend. Are you sure you don't just want us to help you talk to her? Don asked. It had just occurred to him that the wizard's wife was going to be as ancient as he was. No, the wizard said with finality. I have given this a great deal of thought, and I am certain that would never work. It has to be done this way. All right, then, Don said. He looked around to gauge the reactions of the women, Nicole shrugged, while Amy and Shalonda both nodded. We'll help. I take it you have a plan, then. Day 2. Tasha is caught by the warrior women and is taken to their castle. The next day, the Don and the three women had a brief conference, during which they considered the merits of attempting to escape from their luxurious prison. It was Nicole who pointed out that even if they were able to get out of the house and the grounds, however far those might extend, they would have no idea where they were or how to find Tasha. It did seem that their best bet was to cooperate with the Wizard of the Wood and trust that he would honor his end of the bargain. So, they passed the day exploring the immense house, going only where the doors would allow them to pass. There was no sign of anyone else in the building, though everything was dusted and the flowers and fruit were freshly laid out. They found a large library, an indoor pool, and a billiard room, among other less well-defined rooms. Following the spirit of the wizard's plan, they deliberately resisted the urge to fill the day with sexual play. Instead, they built up their frustration by engaging in playful banter and flirting. Things became particularly heated during their skinny dip in the pool. Don had to herd the women into the showers, which did frankly very little to help, except that it introduced an all-too-ephemeral break in the action. Amy was particularly wound up by the time they returned to their room to change for dinner. I will tell my wife that we have guests, the wizard had explained. I'll say that you were travelers who I rescued from hooligans using my magic, and that I offered you hospitality for a few days. Hooligans? Amy had asked. That's what I call the bands of ill-mannered men, who roam about the forest attacking anyone they come across. We met some of those, Don had nodded. It didn't end well for them, Nicole said quietly, looking across the table at Don. They are thoroughly unpleasant, the wizard had scowled. Anyway, I will tell my wife that you seem to be very interesting people, and I will arrange to have her looking in on you during your dinner. You use that time to, shall we say, put on a show for her. A show, asked Shalonda. Yes, well, a demonstration of unfettered sexuality, the wizard explained. You want us to have sex for your wife to watch, Nicole said. Yes, the wizard nodded. I know my wife enjoys reading books with erotic scenes in them, and I suspect seeing one played out in front of her eyes will titillate her. Moreover, 
The fact that there are more than just two of you will work to our advantage if we are to be successful in tempting her toward a more open attitude toward sex. I think we can manage that, Don smiled at the three women. He knew Amy in particular would rise to the occasion. Remember, though, the wizard had admonished before bidding them good night, it must seem spontaneous. If my wife suspects chicanery she'll never go along with the rest of the plan. The three women all wore outfits that were at once frilly and feminine, and were also simple enough that it would be quite easy to have sex in them. Nicole wore a form-fitting, backless dress with a very short skirt and puffy sleeves, all in black with large bright red flowers. Shalonda wore a frilly little sundress in light pastels. Amy wore a silk negligee and a long, sheer robe. All of the girls surprised Don by wearing high heels. For himself, Don wore dress slacks, a white shirt and a dark blue jacket. As an afterthought, he added socks and perfectly shined, black dress shoes. Arm in arm Ian massed the foursome left the bedroom and headed to the dining room. Along the way, Don reminded them to act as if no one was watching. But also make sure we put on a good show, Amy pointed out. How are we supposed to do that? Shalonda wanted to know. Well, make sure that anyone looking can tell what you're doing. Don't cover up anything, Amy suggested. And make noise, added Nicole. Let everyone hear that you're having a good time. Wow, Don said, that's really good advice. You're making me horny already. You have to wait a bit, Professor, Nicole winked. With that they came to the dining room and gathered around the middle of the table, Don and Shalonda on one side and Amy and Nicole on the other. Who do you think puts out this fruit and water? Amy asked, as she picked up and examined a red apple. I have no idea, Don shrugged. Perhaps the same person who washed our clothes and put them back when we weren't looking yesterday. Our host, maybe, wondered Nicole. The wizard. Amy laughed. I doubt that. He doesn't exactly seem the sort to do housework, Don admitted. With a mischievous gleam in her eye, Amy sank her teeth into her apple and leaned over toward Nicole, who, catching on immediately, bent in to take a bite out of the opposite side of the fruit. While they were doing this, Shalonda said, well, whoever's doing the cleaning and other stuff, it sure is nice of the wizard to let us stay here. We should try to find a way to thank him, Amy said around a mouthful of apple. Oh, what did you have in mind? Don asked with a laugh. There are lots of ways a girl can thank a man, Amy smiled, taking another bite of the apple. She can say, thank you very much, Mr. Wizard, sir, Nicole smiled coyly while she toyed with a strawberry. Exactly, Amy laughed, but that wasn't exactly what I had in mind. Whatever could you mean? Nicole asked. She had now turned toward Amy and was running her hand up and down her arm. Oh, you mean? Exactly. Amy grinned and grabbed a nearby banana. She proceeded to peel it slowly. But isn't he rather old? Nicole persisted mischievously. He seemed healthy enough to me, Amy said as she pulled the last peel down. Anyway, I think I like older men. Plus, he's quite tall, and that usually means. You think so? Shalonda joined in. I do, Amy said. Anyway, I'd be happy to show my appreciation. To demonstrate her capabilities, she slid the length of the banana into her mouth and down her throat. Don and the girls laughed, and Don said, well, fruit's one thing. 
Are you quite sure you're up to the real thing? Quite sure, sir, Amy said after swallowing the last of the banana down. I am unconvinced, Don said with a frown. Well, how in the world can I convince you? You could show him on his cock, Shalonda said with exasperation. Don thought she was the best actress of the bunch. All right, Professor, hop up here on the table and let's see what you've got, Amy grinned. Don stood up and took off his jacket and kicked off his shoes, while the women pushed the bowls and glasses out of the way. Then, he climbed up on the table and knelt in front of Amy. Getting into her act, Amy ran her hands up along Don's thighs and made a show of unfastening his pants. She slipped her hand into his slacks and took hold of his quickening cock. Pulling it out, she held it up for Nicole to see. Very nice, Amy said, but it needs more work, I think. She lowered her head to Don's lap and took the entire length of his cock into her mouth. Pulling on it with both her lips and hand, she quickly had him fully hard. While Amy was doing this, Shalonda climbed up on the table next to Don so she could see too. Amy pulled back to show the girls that Don was now erect. That's more like it, Professor. Amy said. Now, what was it I was going to do with this? Oh, I can show you, Shalonda offered quickly. By all means, Amy laughed. To be continued. By Bradenton Larry for Literotica. Thanks for joining us for today's steamy story. Come back tomorrow for another tale of explicit romance and passion. We hope you found pleasure in today's story. Be sure to subscribe to Steamy Stories Podcast in your mobile podcasting app. Our podcast server and website also contains our full library of past episodes. Happy dreams.